What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Jiu-Jitsu Radio slash the, the Corona Chronicles. Is this, is this the season of Corona? Which one is it? Uh, Coronaverse. Nah. Corona Chronicles? I kind of like Corona Chronicles. Corona Chronicles? The Corona Play? The co- corona, corona Arc? This is like the Corona Arc. If this was an anime, this would be the Corona Corona arc. Apocalypse. That one, that was good. That one's good. I like that one. Listen, before we get started, thank you very much for all your support. Uh, thank you for everyone that's been reaching out to us um, to try and get their academy up on the podcast. We're trying to do something special by supporting all the academies that haven't had a chance to to start training again. Ours included. I know we haven't been able to start training. Sean hasn't been able to start training. And there's a lot of people who uh, creating their, their academy might have been their, their lifelong goal to be a business owner. So this is our chance to get them to come onto the podcast, share their story, and hopefully uh, reach out to their community. So once all this is said and done, they'll get even more students to come in and train. That's all we can hope for. Um, so please, if you have uh, an academy you suggest to come onto the podcast or a professor or a gym owner, Go ahead and reach out to us or have them reach out to us and we'll do what we can to get them up on a podcast as soon as possible. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever it is. Probably over somewhere down here. Unless you're listening to us on iTunes, then it's just wherever you hit the podcast. Uh, Don't forget, we're also available. What's that? You just reminded me of of, uh, Beastie Boys. Came real close to the camera. Oh, yeah. what 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 you want? There we go. We'll put that on the on the, the promo trailer. Um, don't forget to check out our sponsors. Check out chokealoha.com. Use the promo code jujitsu radio checkout and you will get 20% off your entire purchase. Regardless, I just bought something. Did you? Yeah. I got something I got, coming. I got yeah, so do I. I literally while we're doing this, I just got the email that said it was sent. I got the, mm-hmm. I, I wanted the I wanted the the, the rash card. Yeah, the rash card's crazy. Like, yeah, rash the long sleeve, the long sleeve one, yeah. You can go pick up yours too at chocoloha.com. Use the promo code Jujitsu Radio and you'll get 20% off. So not only are you going to get some dope gear for when you go back to train, you'll also get it at discount and you're going to be supporting our sponsors and uh, the Jujitsu community. It's kind of like a win-win-win. So go for it. Also, don't forget, one of the best ways to fight off coronavirus is by just washing your hands. Just wash your damn hands. Super easy. And you can skip the lines at the grocery store and all those dirty people by ordering it directly from jujitsusoapco.com. And you get 10% off when you use the promo code JJRadio at checkout. I mean, that's kind of like saving the world twice. So, you know, you're welcome. Wash your hands, wash your gi, pick up some patches while you're at it too. Jujitsusoapco.com, promo code JJRadio. And last but not least, one of our favorite sponsors, Good well, friends. Of, I mean, they are. It's true. Good friends of ours as well. Giraffechoke.com. Pick up your giraffe choke gear at a discount. Get 25% off. Orders $99 or more plus free shipping when you go to giraffechoke.com and use the promo code JJ Radio. Uh, you saw me last week rocking the shirt. This this week I got my temple shirt on though. But you can nice go shirt. get yeah, thanks. You can go get your shirt, your hat, whatever you want at giraffechoke.com. Promo code JJ Radio. Now Coming up next onto the podcast is a friend of mine who actually I've done some business with. Uh, I was supposed to go to their event. Unfortunately, all this happened, and I've been dying to get. Oh, what happened? The this whole like uh, pandemic thing. 
or pain flute. Oh, is that the, why everybody? Is that why I haven't seen anybody doing anything? Nothing. It was a pain flute epidemic. But we finally got a chance to get him onto the podcast to to really give us an insight, not only about what happened with his event and really explain everything that was going on and why they had to close it down, but what it takes to put on a high quality jujitsu event that you will see on flow grappling or pay-per-view. So without further ado, from Third Coast Grappling, the owner himself, Ryan McGuire. You can't need <laughs> I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you, to a good friend of mine, the owner of Third Coast Grappling. Hey, and how's it going? Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Ryan McGuire, everybody. Let's give him a round of applause. No, no. <laughs> there might be some booze mixed in there as well, so just just be careful. That's all right. No, it's always kidding. good. How's everything going, man? Uh, it's been going good, man. We've been just uh, trying to adjust to working nonstop and 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 obsessing nonstop on a project to just everything just stopping, and yeah. not just like your job stopping, but like you can't train. You can't put together events. You can't, you know, you're now your kids at home all the time. Your wife, who is it? Who's Who's going to college? She's home all the time. And it's just all three of us. You know, I work from home that I, you know, so it's kind of, it's been kind of, uh, took some getting used to, you know, I'm trying to find ways to stay busy. And uh, I don't know, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling right now. I don't really know uh, what to make of it. You know, it's funny because uh, Sean and I actually, like we've been talking about a lot the last month or so, and we actually kind of went in a few weeks ago on the whole situation, obviously how it's affecting promoters. Um, you had to cancel your Houston card um, right before everything really got started, but you didn't really cancel it. You just kind of kept it local for a while and then you had to kind of close everything out. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, basically what happened with that was, we have somebody that um, that used to work for us on the startup, but I mean, she's still really close to our to our business. Uh, she she works on uh, you know infectious disease. She's a PhD student uh, at the the number one of the number one uh, labs. I mean, she's just she knows her shit. She knows her, so we're getting closer to this thing. And ever since January, we've been tracking it as kind of a potential. You know, we need to watch out for because if this happens, you know, stuff will shut down. You know, it'll impact, uh, you know, people that are coming out and, and a lot of things. So we were tracking that. And so we saw that Southwest by Southwest canceled the Houston rodeo. We got some info was going to cancel. All these events were canceling that have never canceled before. And so instead of canceling all the way, like people wanted us to initially, I, I was trying to find a way to just limit the risk to the spread of, you know, COVID-19 by saying, Hey, if you're from Florida, if you're from New York or California, these hot spots that are, you know, that, as you see now, you know, have unfolded to be kind of the epicenters of, of whatever's been going on in the U S you know, we were, we were just trying to find a way to make the event go on responsibly. And, uh, you know, as we do run kids events and other things, we have a lot of other factors that we got to look at, but we wanted to do what was right for, uh, you know, our community for, for our event. And, you know, we ended up having to make a tough decision to limit it to Texas only. So we're, we're trying to like book this card, like last second, like change the card up and uh, get all these Texas athletes. But we realized that it was, uh, 
you know, the, as things were changing almost rapidly daily with this thing, it was like, you know, it's, it's not even worth it to really run it with, with, with Texas athletes anymore. And then it got up to the time. I think it was about two hours before our weigh-ins for the Texas event, the Texas state that the Texas state athletic commission gave guidance to the MMA guys. Uh, we're not covered under them, but we, I kind of follow their guidance. And then talking with our people internally, we were like, look, there's a good chance we won't be able to get the event off uh, tomorrow anyways. Let's just go ahead and cancel it. It's, it's the responsible thing to do. Uh, you know, fights win had just canceled their event. So it was just kind of like, let's just cancel. You know, we, um, you know, we tried our best to still salvage, you know, salvage or so, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to me, but we hope to get that one back when, uh, you know, whenever we can start uh, getting back to business. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because there's, it's one of those things that a lot of these guys don't realize everything that it takes and the amount of money it takes to put events together. So how did the actual venue um, kind of treat you once you had to cancel everything? Hey man, and honestly, one thing that's, that's great about, um, about Houston and, and kind of the relationships I've built, I, I worked in music for a little while before I, before I came into, um, before I became in, into the grappling side of things. So I have a lot of relationships and one of them is a, a guy that I kind of came up with. He's a, he runs a lot of big venues across, I mean, across the country. And one of them is Warehouse Live, where we throw Third Coast Grappling, uh, you know, the big events at. So, um, you know, with him, he doesn't even charge me a venue rental fee. You oh, know, nice. he kind of, I mean, cool. I'm not, I don't have the $10,000 fee right off the top that a lot of uh, promoters do. You know, I get to, I've got a great deal with them. I mean, they've, they've been super supportive that anything we, we want to do, uh, they've supported us from day one. I mean, it's a relationship that goes back 10 years. So. I mean, I'm just fortunate to have those those industry relationships to keep our costs down, but also, you know, to kind of establish that's that's kind of what where we do our thing at. That's awesome, man. That's uh, that's definitely a nice little fee to to get waived. Yeah. So it's yeah, it just depends, man. I mean, the um, the cost that goes in cost that goes into it is is of course there's always an upfront cost. We don't get our um, licensing fees from Flow Grappling, you know, until usually maybe a month or two after the event. So, um, you know, there's there a sub substantial amount of money that we have to back still. And we always have our backers. We always, we, we get creative with it. Like I said, we're, we're not a Kasai that has, uh, you know, the deep pockets they do are on ADCC with their deep pockets or Seth who has the longevity and the business sense and kind of the, the model built up. So we, we've kind of, me and my partner are just kind of, kind of bootstrapped, the you know, our business and kind of, and we just, we just get through it event by event. That's how we take it. And the last three, we started turning a profit and this one, you know, was set up to uh, turn a profit as well, but it's just, it wasn't sustainable. I don't think long-term because it was a mixture of like investors and backers and sponsors and this and that. And eventually, you know, that well is going to run dry. So, you know, that's, that's where we're kind of switching our mindset now to try to make, make it more sustainable, more about turning a profit than, than we did in the beginning. Yeah. But right. I mean, right. Go ahead. Um, I come from the world, like I, before I got into jujitsu, I was a professional wrestler for about 15 years. So I know the headaches and the logistic pr uh, problems of putting on an event. Um, what, what actually prompted you to go, you know what, I'm going to put on one of these events. Let, let me get, <laughs> let me get into this. What was that mindset? Um, honestly, you know, I was sitting there at, a, I, there, there was a local event I went to. I'm not going to name any names. It wasn't, it's not that I, I thought their event sucked or, or this or that. It's just, I, I sat there and I was like, man, this is, 
this is professional grappling. Like I can do this, like this, this, you know, from my background in music and uh, my music production, I've toured with some of the biggest names that you can, you can think of. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and be a name dropper, but I've toured, I've produced, I've played, you know, I'm a musician myself. And, uh, you know, it was like, I can just, if I can somehow replicate the energy and the, and the atmosphere of a badass rock concert, but instead of the musicians use the athletes as, you know, the, as the musicians and just have a lot of smoke and a little bit of pro wrestling influence into it. Cause I love that shit too. And just kind of mix it all together. And, and that's kind of what we got now, you know, my background in production, you know, I have, I have a great team that runs that. So I think, uh, like I said, it was mainly just kind of having that moment where I think a lot of promoters do where they go and they're like, okay, I can do something. And sometimes you really can do something. And other times you get in over your head and things, uh, things happen. Uh, unfortunately that, you know, if you would have, uh, that, that, that could have been prevented. At, at yeah. what point on that first card that you threw, did you go, what the hell did I get into? Man, it was before the first card even started. <laughs> like, like I, I can't, me and my partner came in the industry as like brand new blue belts. Like, you know, my, my, I always followed the sport kind of, I wouldn't say obsessively, but I, I followed it. I started watching uh, competitive grappling uh, when EBI one came out, like before I was even training. So it was, uh, you know, I've always been, you know, familiar and in my time in the military as well with, uh, you know, our, our exposure to combatives, but it was like, okay, I'm doing jujitsu you know, the things that I've been able to do in my life that I've done the best I've had passions with. I did great things in music for a little bit. You know, I had my struggles with my demons, after, you know, during all that. But, you know, after music, I went over and it's the same thing it's the jujitsu, the passion, the ability to to put on a show. So it's just, I don't know, it just seemed like a natural marriage. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the funny part. That's why, like, I can tell, like, you and I have, like, the same mind frame just because it's similar backgrounds just with music and everything. And when I see events that go on and I see how you can always tell the difference between someone who knows the fuck that they're doing. And then the other ones that got in over their head and mm-hmm. it, like when the cost you look at it, the cost, like mm, for sure you got taken on that rigging cost for sure. You mm-hmm. got taken on that screen cost. Like just because all the, you know, the, the venue will just say, Oh yeah, well that's an extra 5,000. Oh, that's going to cost more. It's like, man, if you don't know how to work those deals that, that bank account is going to get empty pretty quick. And especially when you're dealing with investors. I mean, like you said, you had those investors and then with everything that's going on and those that would have been a lot of people that were losing money pretty hard at the worst possible time. Yeah. And, and it wasn't even really about them. I, I have, we had our, uh, we had our backers. I mean, they, I did a podcast last night and one of, one of them was on there with me, you know, so all the, um, the news that came out about, Oh, you know, Thurco's grapplings or they're broke or they're this or they're that. They're, I mean, our attorneys handled that. They sent, they sent their season assist and all that. Basically what that was, was we canceled our card. It pissed some people off. Some people had some assumptions based on where that we were in the coronavirus kind of atmosphere at that point. I mean, it was still, some people are like, this is bullshit, whatever, but we kind of got ahead of the game because we still wanted to try and salvage a card. That was the whole point of it. And then we didn't want to be irresponsible and be bringing in cases from all over the world. If this thing was rapidly evolving, like it was. So we ended up, um, you know, ended up doing what we had to do. But uh, when, when it came down to it is it, it wasn't really investor based. It was just more more or less just the right thing to do. And if imagine having to cancel it in the middle of fight week. I mean, we did the fighters a favor, I think, <laughs> you know, sure. doing it the week before fight or that that Friday before fight week, because, you know, got people already are starting to travel. We had people coming in from Europe. So, I mean, we it just wasn't the responsible thing to do. But um 
you know, investor wise, stuff like that. It was, it was more or less just a decision we had to make uh, as a business. And it was either continue on and take tons of heat and, and feel shitty yeah. about it and possibly get somebody sick or do the responsible thing. And, and even at the end of all of this, like the 14th, we would have, it, it wouldn't have happened anyways. Yeah. It got canceled. So yeah, I got lucky that that you made the announcement when you did because I was I was flying out there too, so I yeah. only had gotten my my flight at that point in time. So I was kind of holding off on the hotel. And like the hotel, I can always get. That's always like an easy last minute thing. But then the flights were a pain, man. Thank God for Amex because I got that yeah. money back. I don't care what airline you're with, <laughs> I'm getting that money back. No, for sure, man. Brian, um, you said you were a musician. Yeah. What, what do you What do you play? Well, I wouldn't say like I'm a musician. I was I worked in the music industry, but no, I played guitar for okay. like for like almost twenty years. But my my friends are the musicians. I'm I'm kind of yeah. But see, okay, so Alex is a is a guitarist. You're a guitarist. Mm -hmm. um, whenever I see guitarists and tattoo artists get into jujitsu, I think to myself, Are you guys stupid or crazy? <laughs> because what this sport does to your fingers is almost you cannot come back from Man. like like whatever you know when i see when i see like tattoo artists who make a living with their fingers you know making sure they can do that or uh, a musician doing that it's like what what makes you guys think oh oh this is a good idea let me let me let me let me wrap my fingers in somebody else's clothes and let them rip it off as hard yeah. as possible yeah, that's never, uh, that's, that's uh, always something to look at. But when it came down, I like, like mu mu music for me early, I started playing guitar when I was like 13 or 14. It was that same obsession that I had with music, you know, throwing shows, producing shows, tour managing that I have with throwing jujitsu shows with jujitsu. It's like those, those things that I think you go throughout life that you find what really lights you up. And it's always been either music for me or, or jujitsu now, you know, so it's a, uh, just go, go with what burns you up, man. I think life's too short. I mean, not everybody has that novelty. I still got to work my ass off in other avenues, but I definitely do pursue, you know, what I'm passionate about day to day. And I think that's what everybody else should do as well. You know, it's funny too. It's just one of those things. If you dedicate your life to playing guitar or like doing tattoos and stuff, you're probably not making good decisions anyway. So you kind of <laughs> just go with it. But I mean, yeah, there does come a time like where I had to, when I broke this finger and like I was stuck like this for a year. So good luck trying to play guitar with a finger that's permanently jacked like this. But then you look at there's certain guitar players out there that that have issues with their hands anyway, and they had no mm -hmm. problem with it. Like Django Reinhardt, like he sliced his hand, so he got stuck just this. He only had two fingers. Mm -hmm. Became one of like the best guitar players of all time. Yeah. And so like he literally defined a genre of music. So it's one of those things like you kind of just say, you know what? You're you're gonna end up losing your hands when you get older anyway. Might as well do it doing something you love doing. Learning yeah. how to strangle people. Yeah, yeah, and like I don't even uh you know play music for a living. I, a lot of my friends do play music for a living. You know, mine's more you know hobbyist type stuff. I I used to do my thing back in the day. You know, I write music, help produce and stuff. But yeah, I mean, if if I broke my fingers, it would just be like, well, you know. I'm, you don't get to annoy the wife for, you know, a couple of weeks. So you're good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those things you just kind of go with it. And it's like when you get to high level guitar players though, when you're talking about professionals, professionals, Oh yeah. Like they're, they won't even shake your hand like after yeah. shows and stuff like that. They won't do it. Um, like vocalists are the same way. Like, like high level vocalists, they won't even talk to you sometimes before the show. Yeah. Like, yeah. like my, like miles Kennedy from uh, alter bridge. Like he will like, 
he goes like full silent like the day of the gig because of how much he's how much strains on his voice and yeah, like when i when i worked for for joe bonamassa like after after a couple of years it got to the point because he would always go after the shows and and go and meet everybody it got to the point where like he would wear gloves like tight uh mechanic gloves to kind of keep a compression on his hand and wouldn't shake anybody's hand for hours after the show man so I was like yeah it happens there's a lot of people like that was it uh is it keith richards he's got his hands insured for like a couple mm -hmm. million dollars yeah, that's what those guys got to do, man. I mean, you got to you got to take care of the money makers, like your partner was saying. I mean, but thank God I don't have to make my money or <laughs> make my living right. playing music. I don't think anybody buy it. So I mean, I would have been screwed, especially like if, if you want to hear like how bad it is, just go walk around Nashville, and when you see the buskers and people playing in the streets that are better than you, like man, <laughs> I guess I'm screwed uh, then. Ryan, let me ask you a question. Another sure. question here: uh, How does it feel going from being like this white belt to? Now you're on the phone with some of the highest level grapplers on the planet and saying, Hey, come, 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 uh, come, uh, grapple for, for, for my show. Like how, was that a little bit of a surreal yeah, you I know, mean, getting used to, or are you just, you know, it's just one of those things you're just like, ah, eh, it's a business. I mean, it, it definitely, it, I think my time in music really helped me cause I don't get starstruck, you know, like I don't get, to where like I meet these guys and I'm like, Oh my God, it's, it's so-and-so or like, I did, I just don't get like that. But I think uh, it did take some getting used to because doing business in the jujitsu world is uh, is a lot different than doing jujitsu, I think in any world. So, uh, but no, my, my professor is uh, professor Dracolino Vinicius uh, Magalesh. He's a, a, a kind of a Gracie Baja legend and he's all, he's been in the game. I mean, he brought jujitsu, but he was one of the pioneers to bring jujitsu into, into them, into America, you know, into Texas and, and stuff like that but uh you know he's been a, a good counsel my, my professor as well brandon mullins he's a, a world champion you know that's so i've had some good people that have been able to help keep me grounded and kind of steer me around and then even some internal uh, uh mentors you know me and seth daniels from fight to win we butt heads a lot but uh you know he's giving me some great advice um and then you know there's there've been people throughout the industry that have given me a lot of help but uh yeah it's uh, it, i think it goes back to um it's not really being starstruck. They're the, they're the same as we are. And most of them, they just want to be treated like normal people. Like when we had, like Gordon Ryan, for instance, like people will freak the fuck out when they get around them, like at seminars and stuff, like they get all like weird and they don't want to like, they, like, like they're afraid to talk, but he's, it's just a normal guy. Like these people just want to be talked to. And, and some of them don't get me wrong. Some of them love also the pomp and, you yeah. know, the red carpet and like the, you know, give me the, the only green M&M &M treatment, you know, but, but for the most part, jujitsu athletes aren't there yet to where they can to, to where they can have those kind of egos, <laughs> or at least uh, in my opinion, at least. Have you had that uh, that uh, no brown M and M's request yet? Man, I mean, you don't have to I, name names. Like, I mean, but you no. can you can. To be honest with you, just the silliest stuff I normally get is like travel requests or or lodging or this. Or, can you fly my coach out and my wife? Can you? I'm like, like no, no, like that's like not vacation. Not, bro. Not, 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 like this is like hundreds of dollars. I mean, but I, I don't get mad at these guys for asking for stuff like that. I mean, uh, it's a negotiation. Like if you don't ask for stuff, how are you? How are you? How do you expect to get it? So I mean, like shoot your shot, ask. Yeah. I got more respect for you if you do. I mean, if, or you could be passive aggressive, not ask for what you want, fight, fight for us and then be kind of low key mad where you feel like you got cheated because you didn't speak up. Like, 
Yeah. It's an, it's a business. Like, but like, let's talk about it. Like, well, you actually, like you kind of got stuck in, in a weird situation because obviously everything that happened with the coronavirus and having to shut down the event, but you also indirectly had to deal with the backlash of everything that happened with substars and not yeah. paying all their fighters. <clears throat> so when you see something like that, I personally, like, I kind of get aggravated, obviously, because I know all the fighters. I'm friends with so many of them, and, and I hate to see people get shafted. But then I also get mad from, a, from an event organizer point of view where it's like, man, this, this is stuff that you should have been already planned out for. Like, this is the number one thing. Like, you can't have talent and not schedule that in, budget that in. No. Yeah. Um, honestly, the stuff that happened after that was, was really unfair, and that was probably like the – the, the most heat that we've ever had to deal with as a business. And it was unfair heat, you know, because, but I get it. You know, I've, yeah. I've said it in, in other interviews, like post sub stars, people were worried about getting paid. Uh, you know, with the coronavirus, people were still thinking it was bullshit. You know, the stuff with us, you know, my, our, my, my, uh, you know, me, me and Mo's uh, disagreement, you know, uh, I think it just, it is people were trying to posture and they said a lot of things that, uh, that were wrong, that were flat out and true. I mean, there was a whole article made that was basically, was just fabricated. I mean, I, I don't know who their sources are, but I think if you're going to, if you're going to talk shit about somebody in an article, don't hide behind anonymous sources. Like yeah. I know who the anonymous sources are now, you know, like, I, I, like nobody <laughs> says anonymous forever. Like, like who the fuck are you? Like, who are you playing? Yeah. And you know what? I don't say anything. I'm the type that'll sit here and I'll, I'll hold the knowledge back and, and I'll know who the snake is and who isn't. I'll know who to work with and who not to. And, you know, it's um, when we made the decision that we did, we were we were leading uh, from the front in our in our eyes. We were like, hey, we've got to do it. As soon as we did it, Keenan closed his gym, and it was just kind of uh, a matriculation of things that kind of just unfolded. As now the whole industry is shut down. We were just one of the first substars that just happened. Fighters were being guaranteed this money. You know, people were being, were being flown in. I mean, you were my, one of our content guys. I mean, we were sending people all over the country for this. It's not like we were not. Like, yeah. We were, we were like, uh, yeah, we're just gonna uh, we're gonna do all this. You know, work invest yeah. all this money to cancel our event and screw everybody over. Because number one, who's gonna get screwed over here? Like, we barely break even or yeah. we lose money. Like, like you think we're out here trying to rip you guys off? Like, no. Yeah. It's it's it was it was a decision that we thought in our hearts was the right thing. I have. Uh, you know, it, it hit close to home for my, for my family. I have a grandfather got, that got really ill. My wife was really ill. And I, we don't know. My, I didn't take my wife to, to go do all that business. But, you know, there's just a lot going on, man. And it was it was unfair to come at us that way in that article. So I just kind of responded as professionally as I could. On Reddit, there was a thread. I went in there and just kind of laid my points out. Like, what do you want from me? Like, yeah, like yeah. oh, you're calling me poor or you're, you're calling me that my business, my business is, uh, out of, you're getting mad at me. Like, even if it was true, even if we said, oh man, fuck, we're not gonna be able to pay the fighters. Let's hide, let's hide behind. Even if we did do that, it is better than throwing an event and not paying the fucking fighters. Yeah. So even if that was true, which it's not like, even, like, how are you even getting mad at anybody in this situation? I'm sorry your guys didn't get to fight. I'm sorry that, you know, the whole industry shut down. But we'll be back and fucking yeah. relax. It's jujitsu. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the part that people, like, just don't get. It's like, you, would you have rather come on and then me afterwards say, sorry, can't pay you? Yeah. Like, that shit wouldn't fly. Like, of course it wouldn't fly. And then that would, if anything, that would have done more damage to the whole community than anything and else. 
and we tried to we tried to keep the event going. We tried to keep it on. We tried to keep it, uh, you know, Texas only by, like I said, limiting people that were coming from other parts of the country as part of kind of like, a, a, you know, a spread kind of remedial, you know, kind of just to, to do our part. Yeah. to where we felt you know comfortable doing it and then the venue cut the capacity down to 250 people and under and then they cut it down to 50 people and then eventually all gatherings were you know yeah. thrown off but it was uh it was just a decision we made there were people uh with an axe to grind you know there was some stuff that got out of sorts between like our, our camp and i think it was just a misunderstanding and like i said uh, a lot of the guys that came out against us have apologized we've talked privately and handled it like men and you know, we're moving on. We're going to keep running our business. They're going to run theirs. And, yeah. you know, but I did learn a lot about it. You know, it's like if I'm out there being so brash and so cocky and so arrogant, selling my, my matches and saying we're the best and we're the greatest and we're this and that. And I do that as just kind of a shtick to, to sell the product, to get people excited. But when you're out there and you're, you're pushing your product that way and you're acting that way, when you do have a little bit of a stumble or a perceived stumble, people are going to, are going to well, take their life. Oh, I mean, they're like, oh, we smell blood. I'm like, but wait, guys, we, we're, we're not going anywhere. So yeah. take your shots now. And then people are going to remember when we come back and do our next show. And it'll be. Are you one of those people that are like, you take that mental note, like, all right, noted. Like that person said this, like said that kind of <laughs> shit, like got nah, you. Nah, okay. it, I, I've actually used to live my life like that. I mean, I do still thrive on spite motivation. Like I, if somebody <laughs> tells me they can't, that I can't do something, like I'm going to do everything in my power to prove to you that I'm going to do something. And that's including staying in the industry and that's including right. making my business profitable. And that's including continuing to kick people's asses all because I'm telling you our ratings this year on flow grappling, I'm not going to sit here and, uh, and, and flex too much, but we broke some records. Third yeah. coast grappling three was maybe one of the biggest events they've ever done outside of ADCC. And, you know, I know yeah. for a fact that, that what we're doing is working and, and that our brand of jujitsu and our, and our product, was catching on and people could say whatever they want oh it's not sustainable they're they're a flash in the pan but what we you've only seen three of our events on flow like we've had seven events yeah like this isn't like oh we're on event number three time for number four like not only have we done three big major events we did three qualifier events where we were where we ran tournament brackets and then we did a kids only super fight event which was like the first of its kind which sold out ridiculously everywhere so we're out here trying to the to do these innovative things without the big money backers without that with just trying to get creative with it get sponsors involved investors and just try and build it that way these other guys are out there trying to make a profit every day and i get it that's great and that's where we're moving to but in the beginning you have to kind of have a mindset that this is for marketing this is just to get your name out there and you're going to have to do some things and maybe some expensive things to make it happen so yeah. right, well, that's what right. I said. When like when we first when we first started talking, that's what I said. Like I, I was a big fan of the the whole formula and everything you have put together. And like I could tell the difference on who's putting the show together. And Sean and I have kind of gone back and forth about the subject before, like why certain events don't work out. Like mm -hmm. compared to the ones that know what's going on and what to do. I mean, it's, it's, there's a reason why, and it's not like me trying to sit there and, and blow smoke up your ass. Like there's a reason why things are working it because you're, you're coming from a background of the experience. And I was like, that's how you put on a show. This is the bills that you got to deal with. This is how you have to deal with everything else that's coming your way. Most people can't handle it. And that's why you see some, some events don't happen. Like they'll happen once every year, maybe, or they'll cancel last second and then say, Oh, well we moved to Mexico, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like with um, with with 
with all the event stuff, look, we're not our people can say what they want. They don't know our financials. They don't know what we're working with, but they do know, you know, we came out, it was our, literally, this is like our first year. Like it's, this is like our white belt years as being a promoter. And we came out and we, uh, we garnered more attention in our first year. And I'm not being cocky or being an asshole. I'm just like stating facts. Like we had an over 80% submission rate across all of our events this last year. Seven events, over 80% of our matches ended by submission. That's unheard of. And then you go into our numbers that we did on flow grappling. And then you go into the fact that we were selling out venues so badly that we had, I mean, it, I mean, you're just, you, we just weren't seeing it. We know we had something special. So it's, um, we're just going to continue on, man. I mean, people can say what they want. There's always going to be people that are going to try and tear you down or say, or think that they know something, but like I've told everybody out there, if you've got anything, anything you want to say, you want to mention me, you want to talk, I'm easy to get a hold of. I'll be happy to, I'm, I'll be happy to debate you. I'm right but here. Just, yeah. Just, 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 just stop talking bullshit. Like if you, if you, if you got a problem with me, if you got a problem with our business or how we do things, like, like come talk to me. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm an, I'm an easy man to find. That's funny. As, as far as, as trying to get sponsors for jujitsu events, how often do you walk or, you know, talk to somebody and say, yeah, we're a jujitsu and they go, <laughs> do what? And, like, and, and that's kind of the thing. Like, look, a lot of our, our stuff has been internal people, like with people that we train with that believe in it, that have seen it from the beginning that have, that have come up, that they want to get some money in it. They wanted to support, they want to do this. Or then also there's some of the blue chip sponsors. I went out to twin peaks and got them and kind of, I have to sell them. They're into the whole UFC fight thing. So, I, you know, I'm in there, I'm like, look, this is basically like the UFC without striking. We're trying to have this environment. And it also helps that one of my best friends, uh, his, uh, his brother-in-law runs the whole thing, but you know, that helps. <laughs> it's but, usually good. Well, I love how you throw that in at the very end. Well, well, I have it was to. a I'm struggle. Not... I, I had to fight tooth and nail, so many meetings, <laughs> but and then, you know. Nah, it's, and it's all about relationships, man. Like my networks from throwing events and all that stuff. It's the same shit. Like I reach out to my friends that, that run beer companies or I reach out to uh, my guy at Twin Peaks. You know, we signed a new deal right before uh, this last one for them to be the official home of our weigh-in events and, and nice. parties and all that stuff. So it's, you know, we still have a lot of momentum coming out of this. We had to cancel the event. Everybody had to cancel their events. And, um, you know, people talk shit about it. People look stupid talking shit about it. I look stupid talking shit about stuff all the time. So, like, I'm, I'm not holding any grudges. Um, Twin Peaks isn't a bad place for, for an after party. That's all I'm saying. No, I mean, or a before party, whatever. <laughs> that, or a weigh-in <laughs> party. Or any party in general. But, uh, <laughs> no, guys, it's all good. It's all good vibes on our end now. We're not trying to fight with nobody. We're just trying to throw, whenever we can, throw good shows. And uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, once yeah. people get back to work i think everybody will forget about this stuff pretty quickly i would i would be totally like seth i would go the seth route and just rip people apart on a daily and just like oh i got time like <laughs> man but with him but see with that like my thing is is like he can do that like he's been he, he's, he's a black you know he's a black yeah. man he's been in the game a long time and that's his personality but you know and me maybe on the inside i'm i'm even more savage than that like the stuff that i'm thinking i, I yeah, want to right? put out there like but but uh but, but there's I, a consequence to what you say oh my in, in god this business right but but if you get if you yeah if you come at me i'm gonna come back at you but it's gonna be logical it's gonna be it's gonna be measured you're never gonna see me out there you fucking pussy piece of shit like it's just not my style you know what i mean like i think that they're as part of being jujitsu grappling whatever being a martial art i think there is you know 
the way I, I was brought up, at least a code of ethics or the way you, the way you act in publicly, the way you, like the way I'm out here acting publicly is, is a direct rec, uh, reflection on my, on my team, on my professor, on people that, you know, that are, uh, you know, supporting me as well, you know? So that's, I, I like to go out there and just, and just try and keep it PG 13. But if it has to get rated R, leave the kids at home because, uh, we can make this happen. Yeah, we can do that too. It doesn't matter. You know, like I'm, I'm not hiding from anybody. We're just trying to, uh, just trying to run our business and if, and if people don't like it like i don't fucking care anymore like worry about your <laughs> like 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 worry about your own business like stop like stop worrying about my matchmaking stop worrying about my business stop worrying about whatever worry about the three hundred thousand dollars that we paid out in fighter pay our first year as a brand new promotion in this yeah, business that's three hundred thousand directly into the economy so yeah. you want to say we overpaid fighters? Of course we did. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like, I, I, didn't, know, like, I didn't know what these guys cost. Like I, didn't, yeah. like, I was just shooting in the dark in some cases. And I knew we'd have to overpay to get in the market anyways. So it's kind of like, all right, well, we'll overpay. We'll get these matches. We'll market up to marketing expenses. And eventually, you know, we were getting it nailed down. And now with the big pause, it's going to reset everything. Yeah. The guys that were making the 10 grand are asking for this like that. And then that's going to be cut in half, I would say. Like, I don't think. Uh, I don't know where the market's going to be at because you think people are going to want to come out to uh and, and, you know, pack out a, a live music venue, you know, right after all this stuff. I think uh, so. For sure. I want Brian, them to, I hope they do. There's, there's a frigging goddamn raccoon behind you or something, man. A raccoon. <laughs> oh, <the dog. laughs> no, there was a, there was a, there's a cat. It looks like a raccoon. I was like, watch out, man. There's a um, dog right here. He's just hanging out right now. He's just hanging out right here. <laughs> um, you, right you know what's funny is is i have a buddy that trains he, he lives in houston uh from my pro wrestling days he actually trains at uh champions uh gracie baja champions yeah yeah yeah. Uh, his right name on. is hassan he was in the wwe for a while uh mvp uh yeah yeah, a, yeah. I, I know you're talking about i know you're talking about he's a purple belt there like i'm sure he would love to do one of those events and he's got a, he's got the following uh you know from from uh wwe because i think he just started working for them again. Bro, are yeah, you making awesome. a deal right now? Nothing. Are you trying that. to pull manager deals or something? Hey, no, you- I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it, talk because here's the thing. Talk about outside of the box. This guy, this guy's a he's a purple belt under. I can't remember who teaches over there at, at Gracie Baja Champions, but, but um, uh, I think it's Professor Andres Santos. I can't I can't remember, but it's part of our family. Like Professor Dracolino, my professor, is the regional director for all of Texas, so all the GBs fall under him. So yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah. uh, Hassan has told me that he's gone to uh, Dracolino's academy once yeah. with 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 uh, with his professor before. Mm. I just think it, it's weird how you don't realize certain places have become jujitsu centric. Like like you know, obviously South Florida, where we're from, you can't throw a stone without hitting a gym. I mean, I have my own gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah. ridiculous. But but like you know, here California. New York, obviously, in the city is starting, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's another Mecca. But no one thinks, okay, Texas. That's why, yeah, that's why when I said, you know what, the Houston jiu-jitsu community, I've never seen anything like it in terms of, uh, like, support and just what pe- people were thirsty for jiu-jitsu. Like, Houston was always kind of left out and was like, ah, eh, you know, they, they would get a good seminar every now and then or they would this. And like I said, I just got my purple belt a few months ago. I don't know the fucking – deep dark history of Houston jiu-jitsu or whatever or the or the are all the but I know what I've what I've witnessed and you know people tell us all the time they're like 
man, thank you so much for the show, what you brought in. You're always bringing in so many high athletes. I think just with Third Coast Grappling being involved in Houston, we've been able to elevate the level of jiu-jitsu just because all the competitors that are coming in that are doing these seminars. That, and, and then the events themselves have given teams a chance to really – do a lot of, uh, uh, you know, team bonding. We don't allow kids at our events, so it's more of a kind of let loose Thank party. God. You know, we get uh, one of our beer sponsors gives out free beer, like that free beer to a certain, like all of, our oh. all of our VIP table purchasers have access to a free private bar and it's free beer till it runs out and it hardly ever runs out. So we're basically getting everybody liquored up. We're having yeah. a good time. We're throwing fucking grappling events, right? Doing tag team matches. We're doing, we're going to have a Royal Rumble this last event and that shit, I was that. I think I was more upset that that didn't happen probably than anything. But mark my words, next event back, we're having the Royal Rumble, a nice. real Royal Rumble. How much are these VIP tables so I know how much to put away? <laughs> oh, for you guys, if y'all really coming out, man, uh, I'll, I'll take care of you guys for sure. Yeah, well, don't worry about. But no, I don't know about. I don't know about him. He doesn't even drink beer, so I'll take his share. But for sure, <laughs> for sure, yeah. I'll be there. I was planning on going out there regardless, just because of the, the event. The, the card that you had put together was so sick. So like, and you know, I had just seen uh, Gordon a couple of weeks before and Patrick Gaudio and stuff. So like, it it was I was so hyped for that card. So I was super bummed when it when it got closed it, out. It, yeah, it broke my heart too, man. And it was just I didn't really know how to deal with it. I'm like, okay, all of a sudden everything is stopping. Like everything, because like I quit my day job like seven months prior in oil and gas. I was making good money. I was doing that just to chase this focus because it needed my full attention because day to day it was me. I do the matchmaking. I do the the content management, you know, with you guys. I'm, I'm constantly, I direct, I produce. I, I, I mean, it's, it's just, you have to do everything as a, mm -hmm. as a, as a startup business owner or, or just in general. And so I'm real hands-on. I do, I, so it was, it was just something, everything was changing constantly, constantly, constantly. And then when we canceled it, we're like, well, there goes, uh, let's just pay everybody's travel expenses back. Patrick Gaudio, you know, I even went out there and paid him a thousand dollars on top, just, just to help with, you know, his training camp expenses on top of, you know, we paid everybody's, uh, travel expenses and you know, the guys like the, uh, you know, the, the, the Mo Jossum matches that they moved up to fight to win Dallas. Those were matches that I made, you know, like me and Mode worked on. And, you know, I, those guys were pissed off because they were like, oh, it's bullshit. You know, you were, uh, you know, you're just hiding behind coronavirus. Like you're just, you can't afford it because I, I, we've been going around trying to like fund some expansion plans for our business. Like, I'm sorry for being to going and asking for money to, to fund my business because try going into a traditional lending source and saying, Hey, uh, I own a grappling promotion and, yeah. uh, yeah, here's my business plan. Please give me some money. They're like, the exits that way. But so. here's the thing, right? How many people who really know what they're talking about are shitting on you guys? Uh, it's been very little. I mean, yeah, very, it's, very it's, small it's, amount. It's idiots on Reddit. It's idiots on, on you know, social media. That, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's the weirdest thing in America, man, is we love to hate on success. It's, it, it, mm. it, it's one of the things that that is is I've never been able to put my finger. No, but that's everywhere though. I mean, there's like you go to Brazil and it's always like if you come in like or if you go to Italy, like you know you could be the from nothing to something and you come back in with that new car or whatever. And people are like, who's this punk think he is? Yeah, but then what, like yourself. Like what's weird is then when you fall, they 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 root for you to get back up sometimes. Well, and, yeah, and right now like I. I, like I said, I got no beef. I squashed all my stuff with all these promotions or whatever. I got a lot of love for Seth. I got love for Mo. I got love for everybody out there going out there trying to do something for jujitsu. This is a reset button for everybody. 
we all gotta we gotta all go out there we gotta you know hopefully jujitsu bounces back these gym owners that aren't so fortunate uh you know to have a, a month's backing or two you know hopefully their landlords worked with them and helped them keep their businesses in shape and and, and you know that's my biggest thing is just what is the industry going to look like on the other side of this? And is it even going to even be able to be feasible to even think about throwing events the rest of the year? Even, I mean, yeah. if we get back to training, maybe what July, they're like, okay, maybe. Well, yeah, there's, there's gonna, there's gonna be ramifications. They say till August at least. Yeah. Right. Well, did you see the submission underground when they like the chair put it on, there was nobody there. There's probably like four people in the entire room. And that takes, that takes our show. Like that's my show though is, like the live show, like we pack it with drunk, crazy jujitsu fanatics. You're, you're, you're a, the kiss yeah, of, of, yeah. of grappling. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, basically like we want to put on a fucking show. Like that's the whole point of it. Like people get so mixed up on like, all right, well, it's for the practitioner. We got to look after the athletes. We got to make it pure to the rules. We got to do it. We got to honor Master Helio. We got to make sure this is perfect. I'm like, no, you got to make so it America, Jack. No, you like you got to make it American. You got to make it entertaining. And like that was something we did was make making grappling great again. We're like, let's fucking do something. Let's go out with the Donald Trump message. Did you see like, that? I love it. I love it. I, love <laughs> I was that. like, did you just read my hat, or was no, that? No, we actually have yeah. a hat. We actually have a hat like that. It says "Make Grappling Great Again." It's on our uh, on our Thurco's Grappling Shop. But that was kind of our thing. We're like, look, man, like we're going out to these shows, and I'm watching literally like family members out there to see their son asleep with their head in their hand. Like, I'm like, come on, man. Like there's gotta yeah. be something. And so I was like, you come to our show. We have people constantly like, I've never even, even, I don't even know how to say jujitsu. And mm. I want to come back to this. This is the best time I've ever had in my life. And I, that's what you want to do. You got to capture the non-practitioner at your show. The one that's buying the tickets to support, you know, little Kung Fu Johnny on the stage. You want to capture that person just as much as you want. Cause the practitioner is always going to come. Yeah. You just got to capture the people that come, you know, that are there for the first time. Now, do you tell, do you talk to the fighters about that? Do you say, Hey guys, play it up a little bit or do you not have to say anything yeah. to them? Man, honestly, a lot of these guys, they say that our stage is not like anything they've, they've done before. Cause you've got 1500 screaming people. I'm talking like slam packed venue. You've got flow grappling cameras everywhere. You got this big, crazy pro wrestling walk through a packed crowd all the way through up to the mats and some of the athletes have told me that that it, it freezes them up. There was one that said that he froze and then he got guillotined in like three seconds. So <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, well, no, I get it, dude. I again, one of my one of the like it's not for everybody. I've, I've competed every year, you know, since I started. I've, I've competed multiple times a year, and I've never had that like that freeze moment because I had I had. I had 13 years in professional wrestling mm -hmm. where I was in a, you know, in a ring in the center of mm -hmm. thousands of people and, and having to deal with that. I've never had to deal with that, that shot of adrenaline that you get when all mm -hmm. of a sudden you realize all these people are here to see you. And then all of a sudden, that's, that's, the, that's that moment. Yeah. And I think a lot of these athletes, like, even though like the, they'll do like a tournament where there's, you know, multiple 
matches going on at once, you can kind of get through that by going, you know what? They're really not watching me. They're watching everybody else. Mm -hmm. In an event like yours where you are the sole focus, not everybody's ready for that. We have tape. We have tables that people pay a thousand dollars for lining the side of the mat too. So you have not only the mats being lined by people that are, that are literally on top of you as you grapple, you have 1500 people in the audience looking at you with, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's like uh, if you guys can make it out to when we do a next one, I, I promise you guys that it'll be that's that's where we sell it the best is if we can get you to our live show. I'm telling you, that's that's where it's at. And that's how I think we eventually, you know, can continue to grow it is that, you know, we had the show with the UK we were going to do with our friends at Grapple Fest and we had to cancel. And then we had a show that we literally I have the contracts book or well, I don't know what the hell to do now in Los Angeles to do the kind of the third coast versus uh, West coast shows we were going to do. And then I had New Jersey for uh, October that we were going to do. So it's like, we had all these big plans, but the economics of the sport, I don't think are going to support being able to do those expansion plans this year. I think yeah, it's I think next year. It would be, I think you, you're in your lane right now and with everything going on, I, it just, it makes sense to just stay at home. Yeah. Just stay at home. Like Something something that I we learned in pro wrestling like um, was was like big names will bring some people in, mm. but what you want is you want you want the people that are in the area supporting the product to come to the show. And what better way to do that than to put the guys that are there right now mm-hmm. that you know people are going to come and watch. Man, a lot of people don't know this. I don't most of. The undercard and a lot and a lot of our main card is all local Houston or Texas athletes. Like that's my thing. Like I like to or third coast. Like even you guys in Florida. Like anybody that's down in the southeast United States. Like we want to elevate that part because this, it doesn't have to be California. Like there's not. I mean, a lot of people are just California transplants. They go there because it's always been considered the mecca of jujitsu, and and that's great. Like every time I go to California, I get to go do some cool training. I go to Keenan's or I go do like I love California. But it's 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 getting to the point to where it's like there's other places like you come to Houston. I have not. Th- and, and this is like I said, not bragging again. I haven't thrown a show. I haven't sold out like our qualifiers events are the only ones that don't like. But their tables always sold out yeah. but to where it wasn't like crazy. And our kids event was like so sold out. Like we had parents so pissed off that they couldn't buy tickets to get in. Like it was that sold That's out. Fun. That's awesome. But, then, but our numbered events that we do, like uh, the big the big ones we've done, like the Gordon Ryan's and those events have been they sell out i think this last one three cg4 sold out a month in advance completely like tickets tables everything so we we're we have the support of the community and it it goes into just building with those guys like you know fostering good relationships with the black belt leaders in the area and like and like having their their support because i mean it's one thing to go out and have like you know, blue belt Johnny compete against so-and-so on your card and you just go to him and you talk to him. But if you can get the professor of that academy to compete along with blue belt Johnny, you're not only going to get the people that blue belt Johnny might've known, you'll get how professors are. They're going to have the whole damn academy out there to support him, you know? So it's like people have to take a more, uh, a different way of look at matchmaking as well. And this is stuff I learned just watching, you know, guys like Seth or, or whoever, like, man, why are all these old black belts on that card? Oh, I got it now. Yeah. <laughs> it, puts, it puts asses in seats one way yeah, or another. So, uh, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's just a learning process, man. We just, we're not in it to make a whole ton of money. Like, that's not what we got into this to do. We got into it to make some big changes. And if the money come, if we do a good enough job, we always thought if the, if the idea was viable, if the market was viable, the money would come. And, uh, you know, 
we just got to keep doing what we're doing. That's all we want to, and, you know, stay, stay out of the drama, stay out of our own way sometimes and, uh, you know, tighten things up because like yeah. I said, it was very grassroots. We don't have any paid employees. I haven't been paid out of this at all. Like my partner hasn't been paid. Like we, I think we both, uh, we did our, our taxes this year. We took like $40,000 losses each. Yeah. Just awesome. on the business. Take <laughs> Just so keep that uh, money, keep that money away uh, from Uncle Sam. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah. So we uh, we took some losses, man. Like it's not like we're out here, uh, you know, we're out here like swimming in the bucks. Living we're just life. trying to do something cool for the sport, trying to uh, to throw cool shows and uh, kind of infuse our version of uh, grappling with with uh, pro wrestling and and just make grappling great again. Like I said, yeah. The big thing for for me that uh, that I'm looking forward to now is seeing what Dana White is going to do with this next card with the UFC 249, because there was the jokes running around saying that we were going to do the. Uh, oh, did you? Can you still hear us? Okay, okay, just making sure with the um, with the card he was jo- joking about even like getting a private island to do the fight card. Did you see that, Sean? Yeah, well, it's going to be like the first WrestleMania. It's going to be yeah. taking place in like multiple different places. Well, they're going to do it on the on tribal <laughs> land is, is what's really going to happen. But I was thinking, man, that would literally be the best way to kickstart everything all over again. If you can seriously do Mortal Kombat style, you're going to get a private <laughs> island and do a card right like there. Both, like, man, every, man, everybody's talking about that. The only person that's got money to pull some shit off like that is Mo Jossum. Yeah. And I don't and, and I don't and I don't know uh or Jasim, however you say his name, I don't know. But uh it's <laughs> I, that's the only guy that has that kind of money. Like the kind of like fuck you, I'm gonna go get an island and throw an event on it. He's him or like Robert Zepps or like those yeah. those big, you know, those those big super rich or Rich Burn from Kasai is like worth billions. Like, go get an island, have fun, guys. I love the sport, but I'm not buying a fucking island for grapplers to come bitch at me because I didn't get their uh but uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like they're, they're, it, it, it would turn into a grappling fire fest. Well, no, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Like just really plan it out. Like, would it be possible? A hundred percent. It would be possible, but there's only one person that would literally rent out his private Island right now at dirt cheap costs. And that would just be Johnny Depp. Cause that dude needs so much money. So I was thinking like, man, it would be doable. Dana White, could call up Johnny Depp be like the island's mine for the next week we're doing but, fights but and that's what I'm saying like these guys are like going all jumping through all these like insane hoops they're like man I'm gonna throw an event at any event and look I even looked at doing spectatorless stuff and like all of it I eventually I was like man look people gave us so much shit because we we canceled early here and now we're gonna be out there being the only one doing events during the pandemic so look, I look at stuff from a PR perspective a lot because I like, like, as you see in this interview, I'm pretty unfiltered. I just talk, whatever, like, but it's going to piss people off sometimes, but, Good um, but yeah, but I'm, I'm to the point now, fuck them. Like they have nothing to do with, with my business. They're not giving me any money. They're not doing me any favors. And for the most part, some of them, I've just pulled knives out of my back recently from. So it's kind of like, I, I, we're just trying to like, just do our own thing. I'm staying in my lane. I got my blinders on, do what you want to do when the sport comes back. We're going to throw our events. We're going to do something special for the industry. Like, and, uh, you know, hopefully keep doing some of these co-promotions like we wanted to. I've talked to Kasai. I've talked to, you know, we had the Grapple Fest one on the books. I've even talked to Seth about doing a big fight to win in Houston. You know, I'm open to work with whoever 
is up to do something badass. I mean, that's, yeah. and that's, and that's kind of, I think where the industry needs to go as well. Yeah. It would be dope to have a, a fight to win champs versus third coast champs. Yeah. yeah. I got to So if, of the, is there like, is, do you have a, th like a top three matches you'd love to make, but have not been able to, to make it happen from, for one reason or another, it doesn't matter, but there's, is there three top matches that you would love to make? And, uh, and and but just haven't yet haven't had the chance to yet man uh, the, the thing that's weird about jujitsu is like how accessible everybody is so it's not like man it's like i have to go through this and jump through fire like like trying to talk to conor mcgregor you got to go through like 12 layers of like management but like in jujitsu it's like hey man what's up you want to fight for me like on instagram like it's it's real like informal like it's it's still really amateurish for a professional sport but like getting back to what your question was saying but the, the matches that I've wanted to make, I, I've, I've kind of gone out and made them. But one that's kind of a, like that really hurt was when we had a Keenan versus Miragali. We had that match first and they ended up giving it away for free at Worlds because they ended up meeting the week before our event at, at Worlds. They fought each other. So the week before our second event, our main event, gone. They, they, they fought at Worlds. But Keenan Miragali at the time was like my was like my white, like my white rhino. I wanted that one. But moving forward, I'd love to see. Um, I want to still see Gordon Ryan versus Gaudio, maybe. Mm. I want to see how that would go. But I still – I don't know. Uh, Gordon versus Kynan would be good. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, now that uh, Kynan's gotten a lot bigger, I'd like to see um, – yeah. <laughs> 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 And that's not a steroid joke. That's not, a steroid <laughs> no, joke. That's not what I meant. It was just – like, there's a lot of guys – like, dude, there's going to be a lot of guys that put on a lot of size. Like, I just saw – Tom DeBlass's picture oh. on Instagram the other day. Yeah. Or this morning, he, he said he's up to 253 pounds. That's almost my size. Bro, I am sitting <laughs> here right now with this, uh, the, the COVID-19 caloric intake. It's like exponential calories. I've been eating. I haven't trained in a month. Like, it's, Man, it's every, serious. Everybody's going to uh, be moving up into my weight class now for a freaking tournament. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, here you go. Get ready. But no, with, with the matches, I want to make the JT Torres-Lucas Valente match was one I was really like, I think from a jujitsu like nerd standpoint, like I, I was like, I really wanted that. Lucas is a direct professor of mine. Like I train with him every day, but he's also got, I think, the best guard jujitsu and then JT is one of the best guard passers in jujitsu. And so it just made sense for that match. But coming out of this, I want to see some, uh, I want to see some more wrestler grappler. I want to see... I don't know. I mean, Tommy Langaker versus anybody. I want to see either him versus Edwin still or him versus uh, Gabriel Arges. I'd like to see that. Um, let's see. Um, Nogi, I still want to see William Tackett versus, uh, you know, if nobody's going to make it, I'll make the Wagner versus William Tackett match, yeah. you know. Yeah, that, that would actually be pretty good. And we just had JT last week. What about if you have, uh, if you have Gordon do his, uh, what was it, $20,000, like, uh, like challenge to people because he him and Lachlan were going back and forth like they're just talking dude none of these guys are about it like it's, they're all talking shit but like it's all it is it's it's all shit like I think Gordon would be the only one to like really go through with it because he's that fucking petty yeah. like he'll be like oh what because <laughs> like because he'll be like I'll bet you twenty thousand dollars that I'll fight you somebody's like all right motherfucker here's twenty thousand dollars he would do it like, not, sure. like he's not, he's not he's not fronting like when he's when he's doing this stuff. But I think a lot of everybody else talking all this shit, talk like the Kayatera Musumeki challenge. I think Mikey, yeah, would really go out there and fight these guys. But as you have seen, the match still hasn't happened. 
Oh, Santos but, for sure was like he. I think Herbert Santos playing that one out, saying like, "Oh man, everything's gonna get shut down." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do dude, it. Dude, he did the same shit with us. Like when I yeah. booked him versus Gordon, I went into that knowing that he was gonna pull some bullshit because like he hadn't been training, no, he had been doing anything. But the Gordon and him ship talk was just so epic. While we were waiting to like, we found the Bo Nickel match. Like, yeah. we were waiting to get that done. I was like, this should be a fun distraction. So, me and Gordon kind of, you know, like, we were already, like, planning the replacement. Like, we knew. And then he started demanding, like, I want first-class tickets for me and my coach. I want this. I want that. I want this on demand. And I'm, and then I want this taken out of the rules and no heel hooks. And, like, just everything started changing. And then finally, I was just like, look, man, like, but he understood. He knows it's a business. He's smart. He's like, look, brother, no hard feelings. You got the PR out of it. I got the PR. Have a good one. One of the, <laughs> he's not he's not stupid like he yeah. knows what he's doing he's no he knows what he's doing so but uh those guys man their characters flow grappling likes to push characters because flow grappling's real i guess like numbers yeah oriented, like real analytics so they're looking at what posts are popping who's here who's here when they do their podcast who's, so they're looking that's how you're gonna their content is driven so if you're seeing a bunch of gordon or a bunch of herbert or a bunch of that's because motherfuckers what that's yeah looking at you know especially in like a in a niche sport like ours i mean you know if you can catch it while the buzz is hot then you're guaranteed to to get it going you know it's funny speaking of mikey i would love to start seeing him do some of these one match turn you know these one match super fights or whatever he, he doesn't do a meal like i haven't seen him do one of them no, he wants to do it. I've, I've, I've reached out and talked to him. It just was a uh, bad timing, but I definitely would like to see like Mikey versus Keenan or something fun like that. You know, like <laughs> you, just, you like, want a freak show. Yeah. You I, want. Of you course. Want. I love the fuck. <laughs> Dude, I listen, my background, I love pro wrestling. I love pride. I love Jack. I love Japanese MMA. I love the theatrics. I love the show. I love, I love it all. Like I want to make third coast grappling reputable but also a little gimmicky like because i want it to like the royal rumble i want to do a a, a a triple threat match where we have three guys in there at once and just say go and whoever you know last man standing wins like i want to do crazy stuff like that just to see like, listen i got i got a good grappling match that for sure is going to be a freak show that would get you a ton of fans jay-z cavalcante against shinya aoki Oh fuck, dude! I remember that fight, and I think it was Dream when they fought, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I fucked up bad one day because Jay Z comes and trains in my gym once in a while, like, uh, and we were doing nogi class, and for some reason, I just felt like breaking out my my Aoki spats, like those like mm. rainbow spats, like I love oh, those things. Fuck. So I wore them that day, and then next thing you know, Jay Z comes in. I'm like, oh fuck <laughs> and then he's like come on let's roll he's like you had to wear those today i was like i i had no clue you were coming my bad <laughs> I, I owe him a match man I, i've been a big fan of him for a while there was some stuff that got uh offline because like there, there, after about june through damn near like october we were in litigation with uh with flow grappling for a little bit we got sued for you know i can't go into it because of yeah. confidentiality stuff but we fought him back on it we and i think through it came out much stronger more respect a better deal a better relationship but during that time man like we were planning to have to either get ready to go on a platform for pay-per-view or we were having to plan a platform to be back on flow grappling so it was like planning to do events on pay-per-view at the time you know we were talking with like josh leduck and those guys and we were like okay well this is for this this is what we're going to project and at the time our number projections for pay-per-view we would have ended up like substars because a lot of what substars yeah. did is was kind of like what we were doing because i like i talked to mike cipriani and i talked to all those guys back in the day when we were talking about doing our own thing and doing pay-per-view and all that and 
a lot of the ideas that we saw them do, it was like watching our nightmare unfold. I was like, oh man, like they're going too big with it. Like just, I know how much Anthony Johnson alone, like yeah. that guy, well, that guy's the a guy. venue itself, dude. When I walked, the, where they held that show, it was like, are you kidding me? No, when I knew the Fillmore from my music days. And yeah. when they announced that it was at the Fillmore and tickets had just got on sale like three weeks or two weeks before the event, I was like, y'all are fucked. I was like, See, I'm telling I told you. Right you. <laughs> I had I the like, same yeah. argument. People don't get like the Fillmore is such an epic venue. So no. to have it for a grappling event, like bro, you just well, I, I, blew what, your what I, I said it had to cost at least fifteen. You said a hundred grand, but yeah. like it's probably they probably had to pay fifty grand for yeah. that for that venue. It was fifty fifty oh, grand man. is the number that I said plus everything else for the cost for the lights. The oh, oh, they have to do all the other stuff like the production cost, the rider, the streaming. It basically everybody dude they were. I don't the know. Liquor just, permits, even the liquor permits and the insurance and everything. It's just gonna sit there and just right up your butt, man. And so that that's why I'm fortunate with my venue. Like a lot of people don't get it. They're like, why are you using music venues? I'm like, look, number one, music venues are set up with production in mind already. I don't have to go own all my equipment like Seth does. Mm -hmm. Seth does it, he travels everywhere and he invested like millions of dollars in it. And good for him. That's his his model works for him. But if there, I have my network of, of talent buyers and people that run music venues throughout the country. I can hit up Cali. I can hit up New York. I can hit up and say, hey, I want to come into town. Generally, I'm not paying a venue rental fee. And if I am, it's a very small deposit just to, just to hold the date. And we go out there. But those stages are already set up well enough. Mm -hmm. We bring in our video wall behind it. We get all the TVs tuned into the stream. And, you know, then we have our VIP areas. And then we normally have another area set up on the other side, a big area with a big projector showing it and like some, so I don't know, man, there's just, it's, it's, yeah. there, there has to be so much more thought that goes into it than just saying, I'm going to rent a venue. I'm going to have somebody else book my matches and I'm going to throw a mat on the floor and we're yeah. going to call it an event. Yeah. People don't get it. Like the second that you start seeing numbers for the the TV backdrop, like the, the wall, the, the light rig, <laughs> oh, you want you want the cage? You want the like the mm -hmm. Meta Morris look? Like, good luck, have fun with that one, man. You want the sound rig? Now you got to go in and have all the speakers pulled up, and then you got to pay the union, and then you're going to be yeah. the yeah, no man. Like that's dude. Just, that's, I, but I tell you what, Substars before they went into that big venue, those the things that they were doing in like the uh, that's the breweries cool. and stuff like yeah. that. That was rad, man. It was like it was. I a, thought it was cool. It was like a cool atmosphere. It was like it, it like it reminded me of Lionheart. Like the the, the uh, Van Damme movie back in the day, yeah. I'm like that's that's like a cool idea. Like like do this shit guerrilla style, mm -hmm. and 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 it comes off cooler. As soon as they went to that huge thing, I walked in and I, I the first thing I said is, oh, they're losing their ass. Yeah, but that that popularity that you get from putting on events and then like the cheers and stuff that goes to your head real quick, and you end up biting off more than you can chew. Well, like with like we started off small too, like him. Like we started off with a venue that was much smaller. Another good connection I had, you know, a friend of mine that I used to work at the venue. I was a talent buyer and stuff like that, but it was a smaller venue, about a thousand person venue. And we sold it out worse than, it, than, than it's ever been sold out like that for our first show. And that's when we were like, all right, we've got to move up. So we went to another venue, 2000 cap. And now everybody's like, why don't you go to a bigger venue? Why don't you do this? I'm like, look guys, when I could say my, my show's on sale and it sells out instantly and we can cover our profit. We can all make a little bit of money. The fighters can make some money. I'm going to be happy there because then you know what? I've got guys from uh, AEG, Live Nation, the biggest 
concert producers and tour promoters in the world that have talked to us about bringing us on. And, and you know, if we get, if we assign to them, we basically have their bankroll and any access to any venue in the country we want to do. And all these big jujitsu meccas, we can just go in there, jump in a music venue, tap the local market, have them sell tickets, bring in three or four big names and boom, and we can replicate our show wherever we want. So, I mean, it's, it's because we use music venues. We don't have all that overhead of the traveling costs and, uh, and, Dude, uh, yeah. and all that stuff. Quit putting off all your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just it's letting people that. know I'm not, a, I'm not a dumbass like everybody thinks. I'm not just like one of these guys that just jumped yeah. into this. Oh, man, I'm just going to come out here and make this big. Like, everything we do is so well thought out of. My partner is a West Point grad, one of the smartest guys I know. He's a fucking uh, – he's, he's an engineer. You know, the people on our teams, my other uh, partner, she's a, like a like a super computer programmer. We've got, uh, you know, uh, infectious disease specialists. I've got really smart people around me. I'm a dumbass sometimes, but I surround myself by really smart people that can give me great advice and let me make my own decisions. Yeah. So we're not going anywhere. We're here for the long term. And, uh, you know, we're going to make it up to, to the guys, uh, you know, the, the matches that got canceled. And we're going to, when this thing gets back going, man, we, uh, we hope to talk with you guys again, hopefully. And have y'all sure. out and uh you know see i'll be you there know. just just give me that photo pass i'll be there for sure you don't, <laughs> you don't even need to question it i'll be there for sure so it's all good right. i'll um, bring a, i'll bring a gi just in case someone drops out hey i'm ready hey we mean you can we can we can warm them up me and you gi versus gi let's let's do it oh, let's yeah. do. <laughs> um, all right brother i'll let you get going i know you you still gotta eat and everything uh we've been on here wait for wait, a wait 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 he can't go yet one one last question oh okay. fuck Top three Netflix shows in your quarantine. Go. Uh, Tiger King. I just finished se uh, season one of Ozark. Holy shit. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I waited so long to watch Ozark. Me and my wife have been like, my like, I think she had like a panic attack watching the season finale of season one. <laughs> like last night, I was like, it was, it was fucking wild, man. And then uh, probably after that has been that, uh, man, what's that other show we watched? So, I don't watch a lot of TV because... I, I've been watching a lot of the news and, and doing that, yeah. but yeah, definitely Ozark has been our thing. The Tiger King, and then uh, yeah, those are, I can only give you two right now. That's all I've got. Right, I'll take it. <laughs> That's funny. What y'all's? I want to hear. I want to hear y'all some. So maybe I have some new shit. What, what am I missing? Uh, go for it, Sean. Oh, I, I blazed through the second season of <laughs> Altered Carbon. Like just boom, went through it. Blazed through Tiger King. Love those. <laughs> um, I think that what I've been doing the most though. Believe it or not, I've been watching old punk documentaries. Dude, I've been watching old like music, old music yeah. concerts. My wife and I lay in bed and I'm like, babe, you gotta watch this epic performance from uh, Pearl Jam in 1993. Yeah. And she's like, holy fuck, that's badass. He jumped off the speakers. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like I don't know. It's it's been a lot of fun just going back and doing and doing shit. I did, I, dude. I didn't realize how much. I was not living because of you. Like I was living for jujitsu and my events and stuff, but the other shit that I wasn't doing because I was doing jujitsu, it's I'm, I'm falling in love. I'm playing guitar again. I mean, life's good. Yeah, yeah no, man. No TV for me, man. I'm stuck on the computer all day working and doing a bunch of stuff. So as soon as I'm done, it's guitar going outside, like playing with my dog and man, I can't even think. I think the most that I've been doing is just watching like history documentaries. Like working on the stock market, I'm trying to make some money with the stocks. Well, so I, oh, I, like I watched it. a lot of a lot of Viking documentaries recently. Uh, yeah. I, you look like a Viking documentary kind of guy. <laughs> don't don't. Oh shit! See now you hyped them up. <laughs> I want to no. see you in a Viking helmet here at Three CG Four if you're if you're coming I got, out. I got, got one. I, I, I believe. Got... <laughs> here, this is actually what I've been working on. Actually, this is the one thing I have been working on since we haven't shown it. 
Oh. Get a load of this thing. Dude, that's dope. It's a cardboard samurai outfit. <laughs> it's, it's the whole shit. It's the See, whole that's that's the what, armor and everything. That's what Substar should have done. They should have just used cardboard instead of the real samurai outfits. <laughs> Listen, man, it, and they, they could have saved some money there, too. Oh, for sure. Listen, I looked up that, that uh, armor that the guy had on, and it was a good couple of grand. I'm like, man. I wish I had that money to burn, so I'm doing hey, stocks they, instead. Hey, they had balls. They went for it. I feel bad for the guy in a way now because, you know what? I didn't even not stiff my fighters, and I still had to deal with a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. So I feel bad for the guy. He's a veteran. You know, he seemed like a nice enough guy, but I think he just had the wrong people around him that were looking out for their athletes and not really his event. And I don't think – th it, it gets kind of weird, you know, with uh, dealing with some of these people, so – yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna kick the guy anymore. Down, why he's down. I hope uh, he finds a way to pay the fighters. Yeah, I hope, I hope he finds a way back. It was a great event. Yeah, I just hope yeah. he, I, I hope he can find a way back. You know, just look, crawl before you walk, walk before you run, run before you fly. That's the that's and the, don't, the and don't book the film more. <laughs> Or or run like we did really fast, as fast as it, see we were like new snowboarders. We we're just going down the mountain and falling instead of learning how to stop. And eventually, you fall so many times that you're like, "Hey, this is how you stop." And then so, that, so this is a it's kind of where we're at now. But no, things are getting good, man. We're excited. I think uh, once we all get out of this, uh, it's gonna be a lot of good jujitsu on the other side. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, especially all healed up. But uh, all right, we'll let you go. Just for everybody, if you want to follow Ryan and the whole third coast team uh you can check them out on facebook at third coast grappling with the number three rd uh at third coast grappling on instagram and also check out the the youtube channel and check out the podcast you have the third coast grappling podcast as well so make sure you guys follow and support even when there's no uh events going on because it's just going to make things a lot better and bigger for when we all get back on the mats. So, Ryan, thanks again for doing this. Right man. on, man, guys. This was fun. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Anytime you want, you're always welcome here, brother. Hey, right on, man. Y'all take care. Take care, brother. Right. Be safe. Thanks. That's it, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to Ryan from Third Coast Grappling for joining us. We really appreciate it. It was great to finally get some insight of everything that happened with his events. Like I said, don't be afraid to follow third coast grappling and support them. Even without the events going on right now, they're doing some great work and they're actually doing a lot to push grappling. So check out all the links. They're going to be in the description below. Or if you're listening to us on uh, stitcher or iTunes or wherever, the links will be directly on the description of the podcast. And you can always check out jujitsuradio.com for all the podcasts or everything that you need. Don't forget to uh, check out our supporters and our sponsors, Choke Aloha, Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co., and Giraffe Choke. They got all the hookup and all the stuff you need. Make sure you use the promo code support us by supporting them. It kind of works that way. No, give so, us money. Yeah. I want that. Well, that, we're not making any money off of that. Put it right there. But if you go to jujitsuradio.com and check out the online store, you can pick up a shirt and you can pick up the soon-to-come collab soap that's coming out. That'll be on there as well. Anything you buy off of jujitsuradio.com is going to go directly to supporting all this and all that that's going on over there because that's what helps keep this party going. So thank you very much for all your support. Please be sure to share the podcast, subscribe, do whatever you got to do to help us out. If you don't like it, too bad. Go fuck yourself. We'll catch you guys next week. You Deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence.
and nobody can hang with my stuff. Kiss dealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators off. <laughs>